Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special bonus episode of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. You earned this episode by leaving a thousand iTunes reviews for this podcast, and quite frankly, I'm surprised. You are? Yeah, I didn't think we'd do it. Really? Uh-huh. At all? Um, It takes, you know, it's a lot of click-throughs you gotta do to it review is. it. They so, don't, they, they... I, you know. Not that I'm saying our audience wouldn't come through. I'm just saying that uh, it's more effort than I would have put in. It's a lot of effort. They don't make it easy. No, they don't. They nor do they it... make it easy to find all of the reviews. So that's true. We had to really get through. Uh, uh, we had to have some some help from UK listeners and some Australia, Australian listeners, Canadian, Canadian listeners. Really, just uh, all. Everywhere that was formerly part of the English Empire. It's true. <laughs> so we do, you know, uh, 
a place I did not check where mm-hmm. we actually have a relatively significant number of listeners is Germany. Germany? Yeah. Oh. Deutschland. Interesting. Yeah. I was just looking at our stats. Oh, well, hello, Germany. Thanks for visiting <laughs> and listening. Yes. Willkommen. If you're wondering what's going on in the United States right now, we don't know either. <laughs> it's crazy. It's insane. So that being said, we hope that you use this podcast as a diversion from the world events and terrible things that are happening everywhere. And just think about the events and terrible things that are happening in your bodies. Yeah. And if you're not having a terrible thing in your body, good for you. We're very, very happy, happy to hear that. That's a great, great thing. Um, what do we do here? We got we got a lo- bunch of emails. We, we got, got some a lot voicemails. of emails, not necessarily about IVF. So that makes the best uh, best type of bonus episode content. You know, I think maybe we should just start with a voicemail. Okay, we'll mix it up. Great. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Wallace calling from Vancouver, Canada. Um, nice. I have a question for your bonus episode. I was talking about this with my friend the other day because we were talking about what are some good first date questions. And every single person I asked it to had a really hard time answering it. So I was wondering, what are the two of your top three favorite food ethnicities? Mine is in ranking order, uh, Mexican, Thai, Sounds and like then for turn. third place. It's a think of between Indian and Greek. But you shouldn't really allow ties when you do it. Um, Thai <laughs> food? Question, no, ties. Is, oh. uh, I'm 22 years old, kind of figuring out my life right now. IVF, so far, not an issue, but your podcast has been super educational and very entertaining. Um, I was just wondering what the two of you guys were doing when you were 22 years old, where your lives were at. Oh, that's a and good question. Is there question. any advice you can give to someone living in a uh, very expensive but beautiful city? Who doesn't know what to do with their life? <laughs> Thanks. Love the podcast. Bye-bye. Vancouver is, uh, real estate-wise, it's more expensive than Los Angeles. Yeah, it's insane. It's crazy Prices have gone bananas. So, and in L.A., it's about $1,000 a square foot for a house. Not everywhere. Not everywhere in Los Angeles, but in, you know, Hollywood, uh, West Hollywood, and the West Side, some, some of the Valley. Yeah. So... Yeah, uh, great question. It did take a weird turn. You asked us what questions we like to ask on a first date, and then I think you guys, you and your friends all arrived at the question of what are your top three ethnic foods? Yeah. Ethnicities of cuisine? Ethnicities of food. Your favorite uh, country cuisine. Yeah, let's say country cuisine. Um, Good question. Dory Shafrir. (laughs) You may name your number one. I'll name my number one. We can bounce back and forth. If you'd like me to go first, I'm happy to do so. Um, hmm. Uh, Do you know yours right off the bat? What is it? French. French? French. Really? French food. What? They invented cooking. Wait, this surprises me. (laughs) I'm talking butter poached lobster. A steak that is covered in butter fries that are made with butter oh so so anything with butter really i like delicious breads Uh uh-huh you like walking down the street eating a ham sandwich love walking down the street eating a jambon the rue um it's one of my favorite uh foods i i I, you know i always want like a steak right 
Mm. So. And a steak is French? I think, yeah. I think I think of, when I think of steak and the way to prepare a steak, I think of the French school of cooking. Interesting. Okay. Um, Hang in there, honey. We just started. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say... I do really like Italian food uh-huh. in part, I think because I don't eat, I don't eat that many carbs anymore. Right. So when I do get to have pasta, you're, it's you're like this, such a basic bitch right now. I'm so basic. <laughs> and then I finish it off with a pumpkin spice latte. Oh boy. JK. I've Uggs, never had one. In your um, and then what else do I really like? You know, I really like um, like Cantonese Chinese food. Uh, you mean New England Chinese food? Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Chinese food you can get in Boston—some of my favorite food on the yeah. planet. I'm, I'm talking pork fried rice, boneless spares, beef teriyaki, and chicken fingers, <laughs> which is a thing you cannot get anywhere outside of New England. I'm not talking that. It's so like a tempura much. fried chicken. Maybe you know. Maybe I, I don't know. I I really like dumplings. Uh, you like dumplings? Okay, so you're saying your ne- your second favorite food is Chinese of different Chinese. varieties of Chinese. Szechuan. Szechuan, not so, Szechuan can be kind of spicy. Okay, but yeah, like Shanghainese cuisine, Taiwanese cuisine, yep. is good. Um, Hong Kong, which yeah. I think is Cantonese generally okay um love a dim sum cart great i don't love that i know you don't you threw a very big tantrum when we went to dim sum with my parents there was nothing worth eating oh you were so sad i didn't care for it at all we went all the way to san gabriel valley you were sulky mick sulkerson that day i didn't want to go there didn't know why we were there you didn't have to come you just I announced did, that you were coming. We I were did? Like, yeah. Oh. Because you, you thought that I really wanted you to come. Well, you know what? My second favorite cuisine is Italian. Oh. All right. It's in my blood. Yeah, it is. Sure is. Thick as mozzarella. Yep. Uh, yeah. I love, uh, I love handmade pasta. Mm-hmm. Big fan of it. So good. I agree. Uh, I like a cavatelli. I love a. I love a linguine. I love a. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fettuccine. Yeah. I even like an Americanized Italian dish called fettuccine alfredo, which I don't think I've had in five years. Really? Yes, and uh, of course chicken parm. Sure, like a know? nice red sauce and a street slice, a slice of mm-hmm. New York street pizza. Mm-hmm. That is always mm-hmm. up there, and I suppose. Uh, Number three for me would be Korean. Mm, I do like Korean food. Korean barbecue is my jam. Bibimbap. I might like Viet- I might. Well, yeah, I can't decide Korean or Vietnamese. I do really like Vietnamese food. Like a tofu soup, like a hot spicy soup. Oh, you do? Yeah, I can take that or leave it. Okay. Well, there you go. What's your number three? Uh, maybe Vietnamese. Maybe Vietnamese. There we go. Those are our three favorite things. And your question. What were we doing when we were 23, 22? 22. Dory Shafir, what were you doing when you were 22 years um, old? I was living in New York City. Uh-huh. I was working for an internet startup. Uh-huh. And... What was the internet startup? It was called vault.com. It still exists. Oh, wow. Good for them. Yeah. Um... What did it do? It did, like... It was, it was basically, like, a glass door... 
kind of deal. Like it had like message boards for people to like bitch about their companies. Ah, gotcha. And then they also published books that were like guides to industries like investment banking, uh-huh. like how to get a job in an, at an investment bank or a consulting firm or stuff like that. Um, so I wrote about the consulting industry for them, which made no sense because I never worked as a consultant. Where did you, where did you live when you were in New York um, at 22? I lived on the Lower East Side at the corner of Allen and Houston streets. I believe I've pointed out my building to you before. You have indeed very close to Yona Schimmel's, Kanish, and, and Russ and Daughters. And Russ and Daughters. Yeah, right in the heart of all the fun. Yeah. And I believe that's where you set your, uh, didn't you put Katya there in your book? No. Oh, I thought you did. She lived in Greenpoint. Who lived there? Does anyone mm, live there in your book? No. Why did I think someone lived there in your book? No idea. I decided someone did. Okay. So for the it's TV Domino's version. pizza that was there when I lived there is still there. The <laughs> only thing that's left is the Domino's. And Yona Schimmel's. And, and no, I'm and saying daughters. like in, in the building. The, oh, I see. For a while, um, you know, you could still smoke in bars when I lived there when I was 22. Mm-hmm. And there was a bar Sounds on the great. ground floor of the building and... I was, we were on the second floor and the cigarette smoke would like waft up to our apartment. It was gross. Wow. That sounds great. Ugh, it was disgusting. And then I get woken up every morning at like 5 a.m. by the Domino's delivery truck throwing boxes of pizza down on the ground. <laughs> sounds pretty cool. Yeah. What did, what, what was your headspace like? What were you trying to do? I didn't know, which is why I then applied to grad school mm. and left New York that summer but i thought you oh you did grad school at penn yeah i went back and columbia correct you're very fancy Mm. you know how fancy you are how so fancy oh uh i was 22 years old i decided to uh what was i doing at 22 were you working at the funeral home were you working at the lab almost certainly i was working at the funeral home what year was I 22 in? 2005. 2005. Yeah, so... No, you know what I was doing in 2005? I was back in school. I was working at the funeral home. I was working at the ice cream store. And I was uh, getting very into television, sitcom writing. Oh. And I that's when I started to really just pour over like arrested development and scrubs and would buy i'd buy scripts off of ebay Mm -hmm. to read to figure out how they were written and uh i would try to write spec scripts um and i wrote a spec arrested development oh that year that i I was taking a script writing class at the New England Institute of Art or the Art Institute of New England, which is uh, still there, but just finishing out its... Uh, I was going to say, I thought it closed. Just finishing out everyone who had enrolled already. It is closing. It was a for-profit school. It was a piece of shit. Um, but I met some great people there, some lifelong friends. Uh, you and know. you got a job in television. And I ended up doing everything, everything in my curriculum, which was digital media production, I ended up at some point in my life doing live television, single camera production, writing. When I was writing there, I wanted to, I was the only kid that wanted to write TV. Everyone wanted to write movies. I was like, hey, can I write television for your class? He's like, well, I don't really, uh, he's like, I suppose you could if you want to turn in a TV script, that's okay, instead of a short. So I did, I turned in an Arrested Development. Um... 
and uh, never finished. Worked at the funeral home, didn't finish, uh, and then made the decision that I was going to move to Los Angeles. And then I moved the next year. End of the next year. Yeah. So that's it. There we go. (sighs) All right. One question down. What a time to be alive. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Hi, Matt and Dory. My name's Matilda. I'm 21 years old and I live in Sydney, Australia. I'm a proud member of the not at all in baby making mode, but still super interested listener club. We got to figure out a better name for that club. We do. It's a long name. (laughs) Although some friends think I must be desperate for a baby with all the seemingly random facts about conception that I whip out of parties. Thanks, guys. I love the business. And love the chit-chat. Matt, I've been listening to you for years through Nerdist and all your other podcasts, and I feel like I know you despite having never met. Your openness about your, uh, I don't want to say journey or insert acceptable verb here, to becoming a healthier, mentally, physically, emotionally person, and the associated setbacks have always inspired me. And Dory, you're one of my new favorite authors and role models. You're just so cool. Aw, thanks, Matilda. I agree with that second statement. You know, that's crazy. If she's been, like... If she started listening to Nerdist from the beginning, she's been listening to you since she was like 14. Yeah. 13. I know. I've met a lot of people who've That's... listened to me since they were like 17 years wow. old. Wow. Who are now, I mean, I, that podcast is now seven years old. You really are shaping young lives. Yep. I'm 21. And my question for you for the very special bonus. Episode, oh, yes. So it is. Mm-hmm. I'm 21. I have a bachelor's degree from university and have been in full-time employment in my field theater in education for one year i love my job my coworkers, and my general life direction at the moment but there's a little part of me that wants to drop everything and go do something entirely different and radical and live in other life backpack through eastern europe join a political campaign live on an island somewhere direct theater in another language that i don't speak write a novel does this feeling ever go away I've never dreamt of the husband 2.5 kids and the white picket fence, only of doing something a little more than ordinary, but I know that probably doesn't happen. Well, don't say that. That's not entirely true at all. Any advice for this 21-year-old from down under would be most appreciated. Why did I say appreciated? I don't know. Nor do I. (laughs) Um, I say you're 21. Uh Now is the time. Yes. Do that shit. Yeah, now is the time to do that shit. Just go. You don't have the husband. You don't have the 2.5 kids. You don't have the white picket fence. You don't really have anything keeping you. You have time to build your career. You sound like you have a good head on your shoulders. Go do the things. Um, if I was 21 again, I would just move to Los Angeles a couple of years earlier mm. and try to do this. Mm-hmm. Does the feeling ever go away of you wanting to do something different for me no for me the feeling doesn't go away or rather yeah the feeling does go away and that i always wanted you never yeah you never i always wanted to do a thing matilda you sound more like me yes you do that's why she's your new role model um and i i hate to be the one to tell you this but the feeling does not go away oh boy uh you know, I was in I was in grad school for for three years. Decided I didn't like grad school. Left grad school. Went to be a journalist. Been a journalist now for twelve years or so, something yeah. like that. And so. then I was like, I kind of want to write novels now. Mm-hmm. I moved from New York to L.A. 
like i i like change yeah i just decided i wanted to get rid of all my clothes that's been my latest obsession and by just decided she means like two weeks ago yeah so i mean that's just decided i like i i like to keep things moving and you know it's it's for better and for worse like sometimes i wish i i was more like matt like i just was like super obsessed with one thing but i'm not and sometimes i'm just like ooh, what about this other thing that i want to do and then sometimes i do it and sometimes i don't that's interesting uh i wish when i was 21 i traveled more Mm, i traveled a lot yeah i did not um and, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, advice for someone wanting to do that is I think yes to do it. And she, uh, ends by saying, I love listening to your podcast and has made me far more aware of the struggles that you're going through in the lives of those around me. Also, if I ever come to LA, I know the perfect time of day to travel, what route to take so as to miss traffic. <laughs> wishing the well, two of you we have really yeah, done the done world something. a service uh wishing the two of you and all those trying to make a science baby nothing but love and luck you'll all be great parents love matilda thank you matilda thanks matilda all right more questions all right let's do it hey matt and dory my name is robert and i have two non-ivf questions for matt have you ever have you watched any of peter capaldi's doctor who if I'm remembering right, a few years ago in the Nerdist, you didn't seem that excited after Matt, Matt Smith left. And the answer to that question is I have not watched any of Peter Capaldi's turn as Doctor Who, and he is now over. He's now done with the role. If you haven't watched them, you need to go. You need to. They are so good. He has, in my opinion, tied with Matt Smith as my favorite Doctor. Wow. Uh, and have you played Injustice 2 yet? If so, I challenge you. Granted, I suck playing against people, but I also like to play online. Uh, and he gives his uh, his uh, handle. And last time you read my email on the first bonus episode, you accidentally ris- misread my PSA name, but it's cool. Plenty of people online have. Oh, <laughs> well then, Keyblader1990. <laughs> Blader, blader, key blader. <laughs> I just reread. I read it wrong again. Ah! Bo just looked up. Uh, Injustice Two. I've played it. I played through the story mode. I loved it. Uh, I am quite possibly the worst player on the planet. I'm not very good at the fighting game. I somehow, I somehow got good at it. Hmm. I mean, or good enough to beat it. But mm. I'm not. I'm not good. Mm. I don't do well in those challenges, you know, like the daily challenges. You probably don't know the daily challenges. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's okay. Would you like to read the next one? Sure. Okay. This is from Leah. Podcasts are a large part of my life these days, and I've been consuming a lot of the Best of Friends podcast. It feels like I have hundreds of episodes to catch up on, which has got me thinking about how the show Friends deals with characters getting pregnant slash having difficulty. Mm-hmm. One, Ross accidentally gets Carol pregnant right before they split up. True. Phoebe is artificially inseminated with several, maybe five, fertilized eggs from her brother and his wife, resulting in triplets. That's true. Ross, again, keep it in your pants, man, accidentally gets Rachel pregnant when they're supposed to be mailing wedding invitations. Monica and Chandler can't get pregnant. Monica has a hostile uterus and Chandler has dumb sperm, so they decide to adopt and accidentally end up with twins. 
Do you they think accidentally, they accidentally adopt twins? I, I guess. I think I think I vaguely remember that. Do like you 10. think the show handled these situations well? I hope to hear your thoughts on this. Dora, you weren't really a Friends watcher. I was not. I watched a lot of Friends. Uh, I think I, I they, should say I I watched some Friends, but I was not a Friends obsessive. I think they handled it as well as you could uh, for a twenty-two minute multi-camera sitcom. Hmm, that's a good answer. As someone who writes these things, you know, not even multi-camera, right? Single camera, but like there's a lot you got to squeeze into those 22 minutes. A lot of laying track, a lot of, uh, plot, a lot of, uh, thing where you're like, well, we could do this joke or get serious. Let's do the joke. So I think for as, I think they did it as well as they could. That is my answer. That's a good answer. Regarding the cast of friends. I agree with that. Yes. Um, all right. This is from Hooch who we've heard from before. Marla Hooch. And his wife Hooch. and his wife Amy. Yep. The question is for you both but probably geared towards Matt Moore. When in Vegas, mm. where do you both like to stay and play? This is geared very much towards Dory as well. What I games do you here. always play while in Vegas and other than gambling, what fascinates you about Vegas? Is there more on the uh kindest uh, regards, help of wishes on your IVF journey? Sincerely Hooch and his wife Amy. Okay. Um, do you want to go first? Uh, about Vegas? Yeah. I mean, I think we've settled on, we stay at the Cosmo the most now. That's my favorite hotel. I think that's where we settled. Um, games I always have to play when I'm there. Slots. Yep. A lot of slot machines. Mm -hmm. I used to seek out certain slot machines. So I like to play now, you know, as far as what's currently in the, in the, in the, uh, I like the quick hit machines. The, it's a type of slot that you, I'm sure you've seen all over. I enjoy a licensed slot machine like a Game of Thrones or a, or a, I like the Elvira one. Mm. Her boobs bounce quite a bit. It was very entertaining to Mark and Chris when I was playing it. Um, the uh, other machine. You like Iron Man? Love Iron Man. It's gone though. Oh, it's totally yeah, gone? it's gone out of my life. And I also enjoy playing 100-hand video poker with penny bets. <laughs> so you're playing 100 hands at five cents a hand. So you're playing a $5 bet. But the beauty of 100-hand video poker is that you're never going to lose your entire bet because out of 100 hands, you're bound to hit something. Totally. Even if you're dealt garbage. Yeah. Uh, and what fascinates me about Las Vegas, always, 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 it has been the infrastructure. I'm fascinated by how big these things are, that they built it in the middle of the desert, desert, that the uh, city exists You have exists to all. watch the Ken Burns documentary that Niharika worked on. About Vegas. Yes. I've, I've you know, I've tried to find it, actually. Uh, regardless of Niharika having worked on it, I've tried to find it. Well, maybe we can get you a copy. I think I watched it for something. Oh, yeah. I remember what I watched it for. What? Trying to work on, trying to write a packet oh, for yeah. that shitty show that I don't never got a job on. Yeah. Worked out. Yeah, sure did. Um, so, yeah. So, I like to stay at the Cosmo. Mm -hmm. Really like the Cosmo. Um, that's where I stayed for four days alone when I was working on my book. She did. She did a great job. That was a glorious time. Um games that i always play i always play blackjack she likes a video blackjack i like a video blackjack 
but I also like a table game. Yes. Especially amongst friends. Yep. Um, I'm not a big slots person. No, you're not. I think it's throwing away your money. It is burning it. Um, setting it on fire. Yeah. Um, I will sometimes put some money down on a roulette table. I love roulette. I forgot um, to mention roulette. What fascinates me about Vegas? Uh, the infrastructure is very interesting to me. I, we studied it in my modern architecture class in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some books, actually, if you're interested. On Vegas architecture? Yes. Where? In my collection. I'm very interested. You've never asked. How um, would I know you have those? Well, unless we did this podcast yeah, together. See, you just you know you, you just never ask. Right. Um, I'm also I'm interested in uh, fascinated by Vegas history. Uh huh. Yeah. Particularly all the, stuff, sure. all the Jewish mob stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also. Do you like the movie Casino? Yes, it's a great movie. Um, I'm also fascinated by the by the cross-section of people who go to vegas yeah the people watching is it is i think it's the best in the world extremely fascinating to me really is it's 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 it ranges everywhere from you know down on your luck uh you know the homeless population is immense in las vegas and so it ranges from there all the way up to like sheldon allison rolling through his own hotel like, yeah, that's the, like literally rolling in his wheelchair. Yes, that's the spectrum. Yeah, and then you have all the Asian tourists. You have the uh, you have the, families now. I mean, it's they've the the catering the catering to the Chinese gambler is fascinating to me. I enjoy that. I enjoy the fact that there's a you know I forget what there the, is. What's the unlucky number? Four. Yeah. No. What, yeah, four is the unlucky number, and. Eight is the lucky number. Yeah, whatever. Either one of those. A lot of the hotels don't have that floor. I think it's four. Uh, um, so, yeah. And then, you know, you have like the wacky 20 girls that just turned 21 or the frat guys that are out there for March Madness or the guys that are out there for the, yeah, the bachelor party or the bachelorette party. The club scene's insane. Uh, the... Um, uh, yeah, and then like the people that, that come from the Midwest that are just there to right. So one thing that I haven't the poker grinders in like the Aria poker room. So one thing I haven't done in Vegas that I would like to do is I would like to go downtown. Yes, and like go to those casinos. And I was gonna say you didn't go downtown with me. And I remembered that no, I did not go. You downtown did not go downtown you. with me. I was doing a show, and you decided to skip out on your husband. Who um, was not your husband It was yet. during our wedding weekend. I was doing a show. <laughs> and, yeah. Downtown. Um, with Hardwick and Jonah and Doug Benson. There also is a huge Chinatown in Vegas that I'm very curious about. I mean, these are all things we can add to the list for our annual Vegas trip. I would like to do that. Great. Boy. I wonder yeah. if this is any if, is any of this of interest to people. I hope so. I hope you're enjoying hearing our thoughts on these weird things. Uh, this is from Kate. <coughs> Excuse me. Former fellow former Bostonian here out of nostalgia. I started watching Cheers again from season six on when Rebecca joins the show. Why? Why those seasons? I was immediately struck by how much of the humor centers on Sam's attempts to seduce Rebecca, who is his boss. This is very true. That's a lot of those. You know, season six, seven, eight is all that. 
Uh, as an example, in his second episode, Sam admits to her that he lied to get out of a bartending shift. She says, well, you used to be the boss. How did you feel when people lied to you? And Sam says, I had a rule. Whenever anyone lied to me, they had to go to bed with me. I mean, she's whip smart and holds her own, but he's kind of relentless. I even asked my husband, remember when sexual harassment in the workplace was hysterical? I still find the show brilliant. I'm just not sure if these same jokes would work today. What do you think? I think, yes, they do hold up because the character of Sam Malone is such a prototype or an archetype of the 80s uh, sex-crazed Lothario perpetual bachelor. Uh, I mean, in fact, what's interesting about Sam Malone's character is that he does have and address sexual addiction. And in the Frasier episode, when Ted Danson guest stars, Frasier's helping him through his sex addiction. Hmm. So, I mean, it, I, I think everything on Cheers was done very smartly. Uh, but yes, it can feel dated for sure. Uh, semi-related last last year when Bridget Jones's baby came out. Remember yes. that movie? Yes. I re I was writing about it and I rewatched uh, Bridget Jones diary. Bridget Jones had a reason. Bridget Jones diary has a whole like. Hugh Grant like sexually harasses her at work. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Huh. He that, does he does that in Love Actually too." That doesn't that didn't even see, like that didn't seem weird at the time. That didn't stick out to me at the time. Yeah. And now it's like, "Ooh." <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's like watching Back to the Future as a grown adult. Mm. Or even it watching rapey. it now. It feels very rapey with the stuff with yeah. Biff and the and the car. It's, yeah. Hey, you know, it's just we're we're slowly evolving as a uh, society. Um, I'm going to play a voicemail. Go ahead. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you 
purchase an item. Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, Dory, Matt, and Bo. My name is Melissa, and me and my beautiful Rhodesian Ridgeback dog child, Nala, are calling in for the bonus episode. Hi. Dory, I pre-ordered Startup, and I immediately sent it to my mother, who also loved it. We can't wait for a sequel, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and that I've been a fan since I started listening to the Nerdist and also have an appreciation for anyone who loves left-handed guitars. <laughs> As a lefty myself, I'm glad someone else is with me on this one. So I'm calling because I'm 25 and I live in New York City and, long story short, made the decision to end my engagement at the beginning of the year. Good for you. Um, I moved here with to the city with my fiance and I didn't really know anyone and we kind of had the same group of friends so I'm finding myself seven months after this breakup with few friends and kind of looking to get out of my breakup funk uh-huh. any tips for how to move forward would be greatly appreciated from one of my favorite married couples and of course Nala has a question for Bo she would like to know what are Bo's favorite dog treats Thank you guys for all you do for this amazing group of listeners, the Facebook group, which I love looking at, and everyone else. Wishing you guys all the best and can't wait to keep following your adventure. Bye. Well, thank you for that voicemail. Good for you, by the way. Yeah, that takes You're going to be a happier person. And it's a lot easier to do that than to end a marriage, believe me. I've tried. (gasps) What? I'm kidding. We're your favorite. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um... (coughs) You know, you spent a lot of time in New York. I did. You spent a lot of time as a single person in New York. Um, you spent some time n- yeah, as a single person in New York. I didn't actually spend a ton of time as a single person oh in New York. Oh my God, here we go. Let's just talk about your exes again, just like we did at work today. What? What? You talked about my exes at work Listen, today? Listen, we had an interesting discussion today about ex people's exes and well, running into exes in town. And I was like, well, I don't know any of Dory's exes because it was all in New York. And then Lauren was like, didn't she date so-and-so? And I was like, that sounds familiar. She's like, he was a hunk. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. <laughs> uh, that's weird. <laughs> that that came up um well it came up for everybody mm, yeah but but like 
Well, it's just weird. It came up for everyone's significant others? Yes. Oh, I see. And Lauren knows you from New York. Yeah, I know who Lauren's thinking of. Yes, I do too. Oh. It's all right. You look so cool right now. Listen, it's fine. (laughs) Um, Lauren said, I probably have a better dick than him anyway. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) This is getting awkward. Um it's a writer's room so it was lunch here's so here's the thing i i knew a lot of people in new york so i never lived in new york as someone who was like totally new to the city and didn't know people Mm -hmm. that being said um you didn't say where you work or what you do but uh that is something to i think look into new york is so like work obsessed yes and 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 getting drinks with your getting coworkers. drinks with your coworkers and networking and going to networking events for your industry and like all that stuff that sounds kind of lame but like is actually a huge part of life in new york mm-hmm. i think is one thing another thing i know so many people who met people through their kickball leagues yeah and you were like the prime like you were the prime demographic to join like a 25 year old single woman in new york you you should be signing up for like five kickball leagues that's great advice that i never would have known yeah it's a big thing i was i was like a little too old and like it it just wasn't something that i was super into but i knew people who did kickball and like had all these kickball friends and like and I went to a couple kickball games once just because a friend was on a team and it was like, it was a big thing. They all went out, like everyone went out drinking after yeah. it was, you know, people dated people on the team. It was a big thing. So even if you're not into kickball, there's tons of other sports leagues, whether it's softball or whatever, um, in New York that are like specifically set up for people like you to meet people. So uh, I would look into that. And if you're not into sports, see, cause you're a fan of me, maybe. You enjoy some sort of, I don't know, tabletop game. Uh, there's a lot of uh, stores in Manhattan. Uh, mm, then I, you know, also in Brooklyn. I don't know where you live in New York, but there are stores that have uh, game nights, uh, things of that nature. There's bars that have game nights. You go to a pinball museum. You could go, you know, play Magic the Gathering with a bunch of weirdos who'd be very excited to see a girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it sounds like we're recommending group activity yeah that's what we're doing yeah and also i would say you know the next time you're in manhattan head down to yona shimmels doesn't look like much <laughs> i would get any sort of fruit you know, based it's so connect. funny because you typically it's like a block hate it's Jewish like a block food. of cottage it's i mean cream cheese it's like he wrapped the fruit filling of a pie around a block of cottage cheese and then covered it in pastry yeah it's delicious i mean no but i it's a serious block of cottage cheese like i can't even i keep saying cottage i mean cream cheese Mm. uh it's a big block of cream cheese and i can't imagine how many calories it has in this probably a lot um yeah uh but back to kate's email from previously so what we're saying to you is go meet a bunch of people back to kate she had a ps about sam malone stuff she said, I wrote the below before finishing startup, which I now see has a plot element of sexual harassment. That's true. She then says, I shudder to imagine Sam Malone with a smartphone. Oh, 
Uh, he, when he, listen, when he would bring out the black book on Cheers, it was always very funny. Oh, God. When he would, like, try to find Frasier a date. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, uh. Next up is from Amy. And this is, I think, for Dory. So, uh, Dory reads well, Amy's I don't email. have to read it just because it's for me. Oh, okay. I mean, you I can. I feel like I'm reading a lot. And, well, I'll anyway. read the next one. Hi there, Dory. Hi. I loved your podcast rerun. Oh, thanks. Which is still actually ranked in the in the tv film it's like it is decently ranked yes are you serious yes yeah what higher than star trek the next conversation no yes you're kidding go look at it what uh any possibility of resurrecting it for season two i mean i suppose there's always a possibility um you know some you know the places that were doing that really did not want to put any money or focus into podcasts I don't know if they just think it's a dying uh, medium. <laughs> well, I I was told that if I wanted to continue doing rerun on my own, I could. Mm-hmm. Um, Good in writing. Is it in an email? It is in an email. Great. Um, so I could theoretically do that. I just, you know, I would need a producer. Might be a good thing to do coming up pretty soon. Um, and yeah, I mean. Look, you know what? You're not the first person to ask me about rerun. It get, it comes up at random times and in random places. Um, like a couple of people at book events, yeah, ask me about it. Um, I really, I really like doing that podcast. Um, heavy on the production, but heavy on the production. So that's well, an issue. I would have to find someone besides my husband to. We're looking into maybe getting a producer for this. We are because you guys have been. Uh, supporting us and and we might be able to take some stuff off my plate and if some things start happening pretty soon that might start happening with this family we are going to need all the fucking help we can get that's true uh and we're not even talking about a baby that's true uh i know this request is again from this email from amy i know this request is probably two years too late i thought it was a fascinating premise and a unique podcast with great guests thank you i've gone back to listen to the episodes every so often a girl can dream right Look, it, Amy, I'm not going to rule it out. Not ruling it out, Amy. Woo woo. Matthew and Dory. Hey, y'all. Well, I'm going to read this. Okay. Now it's my turn. Great. Okay. I recently started watching Friends from College on Netflix and was surprised to see some IVF infertility humor on the show, specifically episode four. Oh. I haven't finished the series, so don't hold me to it if I it won't. finishes up poorly. <laughs> Anyways, it's not really a question, but just thought your community might enjoy knowing this episode of TV is out there in the world. Um, We've gotten several people emailing us about friends from college and this particular episode. Well, just look for Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, the TV show. We were really thinking about making this scripted and uh, copyright Matt and Dory Shapiro 2017. Yeah. I'm thinking more rom-com. JK, I have no time. Uh, you can write it. You write movies now. Do you mind if I write it? I mean, I'd have to write it too. You could write it. No, I'd write it. Oh, oh, now you you want a piece of it? I mean, I thought you just said you have no time. What are we? Kumail and Emily. We can't be writing autobiographical rom-coms. Why not? Because they already did a great job. So what? It's not like I have cancer. Only room for one. Oh, she didn't have cancer. No one has cancer. What are you talking about? (laughs) I forgot what she had. She has, uh, um, 
And autoimmune disease. Yes. Uh, adult onset stills disease. Yes. That's what she has. Um, she still has it. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, Emily, love you. You're not listening, but. No. Um, anyway. All right. I'll write the movie and then you can punch it up. Uh, How about that? <laughs> sure. That's what I do with our regular life anyway. You can do a page one rewrite. Uh, all right. While the IVF subplot is there in the background throughout the series, the episode in question is called Mission Impossible and specifically revolves around a couple on the show struggling through the shots and such on their way to hopefully having a science baby. Just putting this out there in the world for everybody trying to make a science baby. Thanks, Mitchell from Arkansas. Thanks, Mitchell from Arkansas. Um, I'm going to play another voicemail. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Hope it's cool. Hey, Matt and Dory. This is Robert. This is for the bonus pod. Uh, this is to uh, Matt and Dory's future child. <laughs> uh, I just want to let you know that your dad is pretty fucking awesome. I mean, he hangs out with pretty awesome people almost every day. He's been on TV. He writes for TV. And I can tell you since, uh, you know, you're in the future, he was able to do five or more seasons of a Fraser spinoff called Roswell. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> See you later. Talk to you later. <laughs> what inside joke is that? Was that was a very cool. That was a nice email, a voicemail rather. Uh, I uh, on the Talk Salad and Scrambled Eggs podcast, the podcast Kevin and I, Kevin Smith and I do about Frasier, which is very intermittent because Kevin and I are. I was going to say you refer to it in busy. the present tense. Uh, listen, we still actively text each other. Like, hey, can we do one? When when you know, Kevin texted me last weekend wanting to do one. I was like, sorry, I have three other podcasts I'm doing right now. Um, but, um, yeah, it was Kevin and I sort of pitched on a, on a Frasier spinoff called Roz will about, about Roz moving to New Mexico. And, <laughs> uh, That's funny. Uh, she takes over a radio station that has a, like a conspiracy theorist sort of like show that she has to take over mm-hmm. and it's about like UFOs and Bigfoot and all that stuff. And she starts investigating. That's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway. Would watch. Um, that was a really nice voicemail. It was. Um, Very nice. Yeah. Thank you. I, I hope my kid knows how cool I am. <laughs> was that it? No. That page? No, I mean, was that page that, three, four? Here we are. Yeah. Ah, yes. Uh, Mitchell. And then this is from Justy. My bonus episode question is for Dory, because I, too, have written a book. And my question is, now what? Mm. full disclosure i have not read your book yet but i swear i'm going to it's actually not my usual genre but i think what is your your usual genre is not biting satire written from uh an amazing and unique voice because that's crazy it should be everyone's genre uh, actually, not my usual genre, but I think I will like it anyway, just based on how entertaining I find you when I listen to you guys talk about parking and other random bits of life. Generally, I read and write urban fantasy. Okay, so you might get into the setting of startup. That's urban. Yeah, it is urban. Sprawling. I don't love that term, but I don't know what else to use. Basically, fantasy that doesn't involve horses or swords. I hate horses and swords, so thank you. Uh, people the, always think you're into fantasy they do I know people are like hey if you see Game of Thrones I'm like uh, no I play the slot machine 
I watched a podcast. I watched it once for uh, uh, Joanna Robinson's podcast. I did an episode of that. Love Joanna Robinson. She's great. Um, generally, I read and write over fantasy. Uh, doesn't involve horses and swords. The Dresden Files by Jim Butcher is a good example. Maybe Paranormal Mystery would be another applicable applicable label. Sounds like someone might be good to write on Roswell. <laughs> right now, I'm having a hard time convincing myself to stop and repeat stop repeatedly repeatedly editing and pub polishing so mm. I can figure out what to do next. Do I try to get an agent? How do I do that? If not, how else do you get your words in front of someone who might want to put them in front of other people? I've read the that chapter-by-chapter chapter summary of your book can be helpful. I've read that a chapter-by-chapter chapter summary of your book can be helpful, so I've been creating one of those. Squishing everything important that happens in a chapter into one or two paragraphs is fucking hard, though. That's true. Is it that hard? Mm, it can be. Although there is a school of thought that says if you can't do that, then yeah. you don't really know what your chapter is about. Yeah. Should be a two-sentence situation. Yeah. You should be able to beat it out like yeah. a like a screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about these kinds of summaries? Useful in getting someone interested in your work? Really, any advice or tips on any part of the process between the writing and publishing are what I'm looking for. And maybe just kick in the ass to get over the fear of what happens next. Because, of course, just because I love what I've written doesn't mean anyone else will. I'm, I'm better at writing about people I made up than I am communicating with real people. So I don't know how to end this. I'm sending good, not religion-specific vibes your way. And I hope you don't have to wait too much longer for the science, baby. I think you guys are going to be awesome parents. And your future child or children will be lucky to have you. Thank you. Um, well, I've, I have a couple of thoughts. Yes, go. One thought is because you write genre fiction, um, there is a pretty strong self-publishing industry around genre fiction. Yeah. Um, so that might be one route to take. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's a ton of online forums and probably Facebook groups about self-publishing on Amazon. The great thing about self-publishing on Amazon is that you keep, I think, 70% of the uh, profits. Wow. Which is much higher than what you would what you would um, get from a publisher. And what a lot of people do... Don't we know it. ...is they price their books really cheap, like $1.99 or something. Yeah. Um, and the volume that they sell, like, makes up for the low price Mm -hmm. and you know, you can put your book on Kindle unlimited if you have it as a series. I think that's also like a, like very, um, attractive attractive. readers. Yes. Yes. Um, so that might be one thing to investigate. The other thing in terms of getting an agent, if you decide to go down that road, you want to find someone who specializes in genre fiction in your specific genre of fiction. You're not going to contact someone who does like, serious literary fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can look on, I think it's writer's digest and they have like tons of, they have lists of agents and like what they specialize writer's in. Writer's digest, not readers. Writer's digest. Uh-huh. Um, and then you can query agents. Um, and when you query agents, there's, there's just Google like how to query an agent. Um, it, and you'll find 
excuse me, you'll find like guides to how to do that. But it's good that you have this written. And congratulations, it's really hard to write a book. That's true. I've never done it. No. Probably never will. Mm. Uh, From Justine, I discovered the podcast after Mac plugged it on Nerdist and binged all the episodes to catch up about a month ago. Although I'm not planning on having babies soon, I really enjoyed your journey, banter, and all. I work in a neurological, sorry, neurodevelopmental clinic for high-risk infants. Oh. So many of the families I work with had to struggle with infertility. While I don't come into the picture until after the babies are conceived and born, it was helpful for me to hear about this side of the story so I can fully understand what some parents I work with have been through to get their little ones. I was hoping to take you up on your offer for life advice. As I mentioned earlier, I work in a neurodevelopmental clinic. I currently hold a master's degree in counseling psychology with a specialization in infant mental health, and I'm finishing up the process of becoming a licensed as a professional counselor. While I love the patient's care aspect of my job, I am having a difficult I'm having difficulty finding opportunities for growth and expansion. Behavioral health in the hospital setting puts a heavy emphasis on doctoral level clinicians over master's level. And I'm definitely feeling the effects of this. I was hoping that once I was licensed, this would change, but it doesn't look like this is going to be the case. While some of my colleagues are being given good opportunities for growth and experience outside of the clinic and the NICU and other clinics, I have not... That's NICU. Yes. That we say. That I end up spelling out. But because I do not. Weird. Um, I have not been offered the same advantages. Even after expressly stating that I am interested in expanding to the NICU, there ha- are also some issues with one coworker in particular. You'd need a separate podcast for them. Oh, boy. Contributing to overall poor workplace morale for everyone that I'd sooner be free of. While I would be happy to not go back to school, I just don't think that I will be able to accomplish what I want or am capable of professionally without getting a PhD. This is also the last year that my GRE scores are valid, so it's now or never. I've researched clinical psychology programs that offer the option to specialize in early childhood. The programs that most closely match my interests have... Uh, professors I would want to work with are in Pennsylvania, where I currently live, Colorado, Wisconsin, and Oregon. My boyfriend has a flexible job, is super supportive and encouraging, and is willing to move if we have to. I'm hesitant to even apply for any of these schools outside of the state, though. I know that in the long term, we both want to stay near our families, and it would be a hassle to move my counseling license between states. But on the other hand, I'm afraid if I don't apply to as many schools as I can, I won't be accepted anywhere, and as these programs are extremely competitive. Uh, then I will just have wasted time, effort, and money and be stuck in my current position. I am just so unhappy with the treatment I'm receiving at my current job, and I'm feeling more burned out, discouraged, and helpless every day as a result. I guess to simplify my question is, should I go back to school? And if so, how wide a net should I cast? I'm also open to any other suggestions or ideas from you or your listeners. I greatly appreciate any feedback from a third party I can get. Justine! Um... Apply to school and Apply. cast a really wide net. Apply to every school you can. You yeah. are miserable where you currently are. You yeah. are not having a good work life. The second you make a move, you're going to be a happier person. You're going to feel a weight 
off yep. your shoulders just by sending one application yeah, in. Yeah, totally. So just think about the way you're going to feel when you send off five applications. Totally. I would say cast a wide net. You're very fortunate to have someone who supports you and someone who's willing to move and someone who has a flexible job uh, as your partner for right now. You guys should take advantage of this. You need to stop being miserable. It's just never a way to go through life if you're going to work and you're miserable at work. I know my wife is looking at me like this is interesting advice, but it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, cast a wide net. Apply to schools. I think, and also don't talk yourself out of stuff before. You know what we always say? You do you. Well, yeah, we say that. And, and you know, I would add... Again, don't talk yourself out of stuff before right. you get to the point where you have to make that choice. Totally. You know? Yeah. So. I've almost talked myself out of many jobs. So. Yeah. And then I wound up getting them. Yeah. And, so, and liking them. That is, that is our advice to you. Please cast a wide net, and I don't want you to be unhappy at work. It sounds miserable. Um, can I? We have a, I think, semi-related voice. Hey, Mandora, this is Mike. Uh, I was listening to forty-two, forty-three, whatever episode that you can't remember the number. That's um, true. And I heard Matt's strike zone comment, and I gotta say, Matt, keep it up with the strike zone. I love it. It makes me laugh. Every time. Did we play this I, on our regular wait, episode of the podcast? This. Yeah. Was that I, supposed to end up on this bonus episode? Oh, maybe. Mike, thank you for liking. Because the there was a part comment. two that I have on here. Pregnant this plane. Is weird. Oh, yeah. I must have put it on two lists. This is Mike, the owner of the pregnant plane. Sorry, everyone. I'm not sorry. Good to hear from Mike again. All right. Well. Never mind. He likes the strike zone. High and tight, this guy. Yeah. Pregnant plane. Still don't understand it. Day job advice. Maybe I mislabeled something. Oh, well. All right. Moving on. I'm not crazy, right? That's pregnant plane. I, I'm pretty sure that's pregnant plane. I agree. Okay. I hope you're pregnant plane. Uh, all right. Here we are on this. Felicia. All right. Number one. Here are her questions. San Francisco. My husband and I live on the East Coast, Albany, New York, and are taking our first trip to the West Coast in November, December. My husband is a Raiders fan, so we'll be going to a game, but we are spending a week in San Francisco. So I was hoping you could give me some recommendations for what we should definitely do or not do. I'm thinking I would like to spend a day in Napa Valley for some wine tours. Not as close as you think it is. Not sure where to go or even if that's too ambitious for our first trip. It is. They're there for a week. Oh, I think it's okay. Okay. Um, I would, yeah, I think it's okay. I mean, you might, you might want to spend the night. Yes. I would say. Go to the French laundry, make a res. Yeah. We've never been able to do. No, it's true. Um, you know how I feel about San Francisco. How I feel about San Francisco? You know how I feel about San Francisco. No, I'm asking, do you feel the way about San Francisco the way I feel about San Francisco? I don't know. How do you feel about San Francisco? Meh. I don't love it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, no offense to <laughs> Bay Area uh, people. I've spent a lot of time up there. I'm up there at least two weekends a year somehow. I end up being dragged up to San Francisco. Love your ballpark. I love the uh, people. Uh, don't like walking up the hills. Uh, yeah. 
You know where I went for the first time in San Francisco um, a few months ago for a work retreat? No, I don't. The Marin Headlands. Oh, Marin's beautiful. It Marin's was not San Francisco though. Gorgeous. If you cross that bridge and head over to the Great Moon of Endor, the redwood forests in Marin County, head over to Sausalito. There's great Italian food there. Sausalito is so cute. Um. Sausalito, if you're not familiar, is where uh, Captain Kirk goes to get Italian food in Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, where they're in 80s San Francisco. What? Uh, he doesn't have a wallet. He can't pay. He's from the future. Um, I mean, I can, I can tell you some of the things that I generally enjoy in San Francisco, but it's not like I have any great deep knowledge of San Francisco. I like going to a Patagonia. I love going to a baseball game. I like going to the ferry building. I like going to the ferry building. I like eating at the slanted door. I like the uh I like the pier. I like the Musée de Mécanique at oh, the yeah, pier, that place which is, is cool. a which is an old it's a coin operated uh, museum essentially. So you go in there there's all these old coin op games cool. and all these very cool folk art coin op things that It also built. seems like the type of thing that is ripe for tearing down and luxury totally. condos being built uh, in its also place. the uh, the submarine used in the great Kelsey Grammer movie Down Periscope is docked behind it. You can take a tour of that. It's an old diesel World War II submarine. I have never gone to Alcatraz. I've never gone to Alcatraz either. Go to Alcatraz, Alcatraz. but book your ticket now. Book your ticket now. You can't go to Alcatraz on a whim. No. You need to book the ticket. The aquarium there is pretty cool. Uh, There's a lot to do on the pier. A lot of great food. There's there's really good ice cream. Uh, I went to this breakfast place last time I was there that had something called Millionaire's Bacon. I don't remember the name of the breakfast place, but I remember that bacon being delicious. I'll look on Yelp for that bacon. Um, and I went to a bakery. Oh, my God. What was, it? was it Tartine? Sounds like a place that would be a bakery. Yeah. They had a they had a new, I think it was called Tartine Manufactory. They, like, built this new place where they bake all this bread, and it was really good. Mm. Um, yeah, there's really good food there. There's really good ice cream. I go to You can go to Humphrey Slocum. I would see who's playing at the, who's doing comedy at Cobb's or at uh, the Punchline. I'm usually up there for comedy, so there's a great comedy scene at San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What else? Uh, oh, yeah. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Two, writing. I had a revelation recently that I may want to write a book someday. However, I'm a lawyer in my late 20s, and it's been a long time since I've written creatively slash for fun. I was hoping you could give me some guidance on how to jump into writing creatively and getting some practice, like resources that would be helpful or ideas on how I could incorporate writing into my routine. Also, I'm not sure what I would eventually want to write a book about, although most likely in the fiction genre. Dory, I was wondering how you came up with the concept of your book. Um, well... I suggest you listen to my episode of the Nerdist podcast. That's true. Um, 
And I've recommended this book before, I believe, on this podcast, but I suggest you check out The Artist's Way. Mm. It's kind of hokey, but it works. Maybe listen to it if you have Audible. Yeah, that's you a good idea. listen to that book. Their whole, her whole thing, so it's written by Julia Cameron, who's Ju- James Cameron's ex-wife. And she, her whole, her like the big cornerstone of her thing is doing morning pages. Yeah. Where you like write longhand for 15 minutes in the morning. And that's supposed to like unleash all sorts of things. I think it actually really works. Um, and she's like all kinds of exercises. Writing longhand. Yeah. Oh. And first thing in the morning. Uh-huh. Um, she's like all these exercises to do. And I, I think it's, I think it's really good. We can't yeah. do that anymore. Why? Oh, that guy? Yeah. You can say his name. Bo. Mm. Um, it's a little like woo-woo new age, but yeah. I, I, I used it. I, I first encountered it when I was still in grad school and I really wanted to leave grad school, but I didn't really know what to do. And I found it to be very helpful in terms of like kind of unblocking myself. And I'm, I'm opening your chakra. Yeah. That's good. I think that the, uh, it's always good advice to get writing. Just start writing. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been really just uh, drawing a lot lately. That's been good for my brain. Yeah. I've been into that for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, from Whitney is Dory anti ebook. Her Instagram is all hardcover slash paperback books. I was wondering if she had some strong feelings about it. Thanks. Love the show. Okay. First of all, I've posted ebooks on my Instagram. Second of all, um, no, I'm not anti ebook. I, I actually like, I would say mostly read on ebook yes, these days. Actually tonight was reading a Kindle, but right before I disturbed her into doing this podcast. Um, but in terms of Instagram ability, hardcovers and print books are much prettier to p- take pictures of. That's true. So that's why we do have a lot them. of books. I would say, I would say five to 10 new books appear every month in this house. Yeah. Well, I get sent a lot of books. I know. And then I also joined book of the month club, which I've, I've canceled my membership because it was too many books. <laughs> Too many books, too many. I books. would I would do it in ebook. Um, oh, I've also started taking out a lot of ebooks from the library. Yes, she has. She's a machine. Do you have Kindle Unlimited? No, I, I found I it. I I found the quality of books on there. Too. No idea where my Kindle has Not been that for good. the last six months. Oh, I need to charge mine. Uh, hi, Matt and Dory. So excited we get another bonus episode. On a previous bonus episode, you asked. I asked if my husband and I should move to a new state to pursue a job opportunity for my husband. I do remember this, I think. You guys said go for it, and that's what we're doing. My husband was a little peeved at me after I played the call, and I was supposed to keep our move a secret. In other words, I only told the entire internet. <laughs> but I love when I that happens. Very uh, vague. To recap, my husband is in tech, and the mystery city is Dallas. Not a secret anymore. Here's my question Should we buy a house? Before we move or rent and get a get to know the big D. You want to get to know the neighborhood you're moving into. We've owned our home in Little Rock for the past seven years, but because our neighborhood has depreciated in value, sounds like Lowell, uh, we're probably going to be forced to rent our house instead of sell it. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I hope you can find good tenants. Which we'll probably be able to afford a nice house in a nice suburb around Dallas, but making such a huge purchase without knowing the area is a little unnerving. I agree. 
especially since market prices seem a bit inflated and we're already upside down in our current house. Yikes. The downside of not purchasing is that the city is booming. We could get priced out of the areas we're looking into right now in a matter of months. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Congrats on the bonus episode. Oof. Oh, boy. That is a tough question. Yeah. Well, here's what I would say. I think if you... If you know Dallas pretty well yeah. and you know like exactly where you want to live um, and you have and you're like pretty confident about that and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. close proximity to work and you like the neighborhood and et cetera. And you think it's like a place if, you know, if you have kids, that's where you would want to have kids. Like if you if you see it as somewhere where you could live for five to seven years yeah. at least, then I think you should think about buying if you're sort of like, mm, I don't know, maybe we like this neighborhood. Maybe we like that neighborhood. We kind of want to try things out. I think you should rent. Yeah. Also, I think the housing bubble is unsustainable at this point. People have been saying that for like three years. I know, but I think we have a particularly unstable situation currently. Oh, really? What what makes you think that? I think the market is being tricked into thinking we have a very stable situation when in reality we do not. Mm. Uh, Don't know if it'll be as big a bubble burst as 2008. I certainly hope not. So you think she should rent for a year? I think so. Okay. I don't disagree with you. Also, I think if you're renting, you can certainly get more acclimated to Dallas. Yeah, that's true. From Angel. Hey, Matt and Dory, I'm a 21-year feeble. You're old feeble, I believe he said. Well, listen, I love my feebles. Huge fan of this no, podcast as well. he's not a 21-year feeble. He's a 21-year old I know, feeble. but I just read exactly what was written. Oh. So Angel forgot to write old. That's okay. fine. All right. Feebles do that. Why do you have to call him out like that? He's a feeble. He gets it. Uh, huge fan of this podcast as well. I love every episode. I'm emailing to ask for some advice. While I understand that most people want to be in a relationship, I personally do not. Angel, you're 21. You don't have to be. I've never had any kind of romantic or sexual relationships and do not intend to in the future. You're 21. Don't worry about it. While my parents and my sister are very cool about it, my other relatives aren't. Every time I see them, they ask why I don't have a girlfriend and when I'm going to get one. Well, that's just a nosy question. Uh, It seems like it's all they want to talk about with me. I have told them multiple times they're not interested. They don't believe me. Is there any way for me to get them to understand? P.S. Dory, got your book, and I'm going to start reading it when I'm done with the one I'm reading now. Cool. I wonder if you finished by now, Angel. Yeah. Um, couple thoughts. Yes. You might not ever be able to get them to understand. Yeah. You might be able to distract them. With what? Flair? <laughs> No, by being like, I'm just really focused on school right now. Really focused on work. I'm really focused on work. Don't want to lay down. Don't want to don't don't settle down. Don't want to settle down. I mean, and it's like. Listen, I'm playing the field right now. You know how many strike zones I'm looking at? And I, I get that maybe that feels inauthentic. Um, but it's also like annoying to have people ask you this shit all the time. Well. And maybe you just want to get them off your back for a little bit. Believe me, it's like it's like us getting asked about uh, when we're having a baby. Yeah. Answering all the time. 
Yeah. How's, uh, it, how's it going? How's it going? Well, let's, where are you at right now? Well, I don't know. Maybe to listen to our it. podcast. Had to explain it today. <laughs> um, Angel, yeah, don't worry about it, though. You be you. If I can don't feel like doing anything, no one's forced me to do it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Feeb. Uh, this is from Chris. Matt, how do you feel about Seth MacFarlane's new show, Orville? I assume it's going to be hilarious. Is it at all offensive to Trekkies? My answer to that question is no. It seems like it's doing being done with love. Uh, it seems very bright and flashy and very Star Trek looking. I know Seth's a big fan of the series. Um, Brandon Braga's working on it, who wrote some of the best episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. What Jonathan, is this show? Jonathan Frakes is directing. It's an hour-long comedy from Fox. Live action, Star Trek parody. Oh. But it's not really, I mean, it's Star Trek, but there's drama in it. They're not doing everything for jokes. Interesting. I have not seen it yet. I look forward to watching. I don't find it offensive at all. And I think a lot of Trekkies are excited for it. Cool. Uh, This is from Benji. Dear Bo and your humans, thanks for answering my question about jobs. I have a follow-up for you. Do you have any highly logical behavior that your parents just don't understand? For instance, sometimes my dad gives me a few pieces of his popcorn. If he gives it to me downstairs, I'll spit it out because it's disgusting. If he gives it to me upstairs, it's delicious, and I'll patiently wait for more. My parents just don't get it. Woof, 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 sniff, sniff, woof. Benji from Boston. Oh, Benji. Well, this is a great question for you. Hmm. What should we say? Uh... Well, you know, I bet that Bo thinks that... his protective behavior is logical. I agree. I think Bo thinks that um, he has to eat his greenies in the same exact spot on my carpet. (laughs) Totally. Like he won't eat them (laughs) anywhere else. When Matt says my carpet, it's not like he thinks part of the house is his carpet and part of it's not mine. It's like he means in his office. Right. Um, In the carpet, on the carpet in his office. Uh, I also think that he uh, chews, he he eats sticks without ever swallowing any stick. He just breaks it up in his yeah, mouth. Yeah, he just gnaws on it. I don't think that's, I don't think that's, that's weird. Pretty, I think it's kind of weird. Um, I think that's pretty dog-like. Every time he wakes up in the morning, he likes to drag his head along the uh, hallway carpeting floor as if to, he's itchy and doesn't feel like moving his paws. So mm. he just drags his face up and down. Shakes his head and puts his butt in the air. Yeah. That's pretty much Bo's weirdness. Yep. Uh, All right. We have one more email. This is from Allie. Hi, Matt and Dory. My name is Allie. I'm 22 from Portland, Oregon. If you wouldn't mind, I have a couple of questions. I don't know why I said Oregon. I know it's Oregon. I'm sorry. Uh, A couple of questions about podcasting. I hope you might answer. You guys have mentioned how helpful this podcast has been for your relationship and how nice it will be to have everything recorded that you've been through. My boyfriend and I have been toying with the idea of starting our own podcast for similar reasons. We're applying uh, to medical and dental schools right now, and we thought it'd be fun podcast to do our educational adventure. That actually sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. A dentist and a, and a, and a, doc. And a med. They're both doctors, honey. Yeah, One's a doctor true. of dental science. The other is a medical doctor. Okay. Uh, don't worry. I got your back, Allie. Uh, our first hurdle has been coming up with a name. We've been chewing uh, chewing it over for a while now. And it seems the best we could do is Dr. Dearest. 
well, it's not terrible. Uh, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't call it doctor, 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 comma, doctor, period. Yeah. Or actually doctor, period, doctor. Period. What about doctor and doctor? No. Why not? You know, the like doctor, 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 doctor. When doctors all greet each other, when they're all. Anyway, my other question is about time commitment. If we get in, our schedules will be bananas. That's with banana emojis. How many hours go into producing a typical episode of Excellent Adventure? Last question. Do you have any resource recommendations or general podcasting advice? Okay. This is a fun question. Dory, how much time goes into prepping the emails every week? Um, Probably two hours. Two hours go into prepping the emails every week, and that's all done and voicemails. by Dory. The emails and et cetera are prepped. We record the podcast for about what you hear it for. So if you see an hour-long podcast, barring very small breaks to do the ads, we are going straight through. So it takes probably about, let's say, an hour and a half to record each episode. And then I have to do the post work on it, which takes probably about an hour to an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a total commitment of six hours. Yeah. Thereabouts. Um, and that's every Sunday f- until we're dead. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it is It is a bit of an undertaking, especially if you're going to be doing questions and things like that. That's when it starts to get a little hairy. Um, well, and also we don't know what their level of expertise with um, audio software is. Yes. Um, also, it requires... And a lot of my time is not that it takes me a long time to slap it together. It's the, it's the rendering of the podcast audio file, the normalizing of the audio file, the exporting of it in a different format so that I can put it on um, Art19. It's, you know, it's a lot of file jumping. That's right. really what takes the time. Well, and, you know... It's an investment in equipment, too. It is an investment in equipment. We probably, we have a Zoom H6N that we always record with and two sure uh, SM58 microphones. You can tell they're SM58s because when I move it slightly away from my face, you don't hear me anymore. And then when it comes back, here it is. Hi. Hi. Um, so there's that investment, too. So it is, it is quite a bit of an undertaking, but I think it's a very interesting concept. Yeah, I agree. I think you should call it Dr. Period Doctor if it doesn't exist already. If it does exist, then I think that your answer of Dr. Dearest is pretty pretty catchy. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, any recommendations or general podcasting advice? Uh, invest in the equipment. You want to have good equipment. Yeah. we. I've, I've broken the headphone jack on this Zoom H6N, and it's very much bothersome to me, and I've been debating buying another one. But it is a lot it's eight hundred dollars to buy another one of these and i just just for a headphone jack i can't quite put myself through it yeah um so yeah but you don't need if you're just if if it's really just you two you don't need a zoom h6n you need an h4n which is much cheaper i think that's 199 uh and that handles two xlr inputs so you guys can put both your microphones in there and have a great time um my piece of advice was going to be decide on the frequency of the podcast and stick to it and choose a time that you're going to record and stick to it choose wisely though i think we chose wisely no i don't know do we need a weekly podcast can we do a bi-weekly here we are as we're doing two this week i believe 
initially I wanted to do it bi-weekly and yeah, you and wanted like, to do it we weekly. We should do it weekly to build the audience. Yeah, which yeah. I think was a good choice. Here we are. But here we are. I'm yeah. fine doing it weekly. Yeah. It is what it is. We'll see what happens. Okay. What? <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's my advice for you. I would also say I would also recommend uh, listening to trying to think of other husband and wife podcasts. Indoor Kids. Kamala and Emily had a video game podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fret Files, you know, my favorite <laughs> podcast about guitar repair. Um, yeah, that's that. That's our general advice. Um, thanks to all the eggheads who wrote in and called in and left reviews. Thank and you, everybody. You've done a great job. If you want to hear more bonus episodes that are kind of like this, you can head over to our website, mattandory.com. I'm sorry, excellentadventure.com. I mean, Matt and Dory redirects to excellentadventure.com. Excellentadventure.com. Uh, you can click on that page there for uh, our Patreon. There's a link to our Patreon there. Yep. You could join our Patreon for $10 a month. You get one bonus episode a, a month. For $25 a month, you get two bonus episodes a month. Those are about a half hour long, maybe a little bit longer. So if you feel like you need more of us in your life, God knows. Those, those can get down and dirty. God knows why you would. They do, because it's a very small audience. Yeah. So we, so we really, really, really let loose. Rip shit open that we know some certain people will not hear. Uh, cool. All right. That's it. Bye, everyone. Bye.